0: From the Smug Buds Studios in Tucson, Arizona and Gaithersburg, Maryland. It's the season three finale, Oscars 2020 Spectacular. Now, to present the award for the person who is co hosting the podcast, from Marriage Story, Will Hoffacker. Thank you. Thank you. <sighs> Co-hosting. What would hosting be without it? <laughs> from, from Opie and Anthony to Colin Jost and Michael Che, co-hosts have been to other co-hosts as important as co-pilots, trusted friends, and even in rare cases, their pod spouse. <laughs> Here are the nominees for co-host of The Smug Buds. Sarah Koenig.
1: <laughs> Fuck, I forgot about her.
0: Anna Ferris <laughs> The Office Ladies, both of them. <laughs> Elizabeth Deanna Morris Lakes. <gasps> and Meryl Streep.
1: <laughs> oh no, I'm never going to win.
0: And the co-host is (laughs) La La Land.
1: God damn it.
0: Just kidding. It's Elizabeth Deanna Morris Lakes. Hi, Liz.
1: (gasps) Will, I'm so honored. I have so many people I'd like to thank. Uh, My mom, first off. Uh, Kenny, secondly. Um, What would a pod husband be without her pod wife? So you... I feel like there must be some sort of conflict of interest.
0: (laughs) This is Liz's 32nd consecutive episode (laughs) as co-host of The Smug Buds, the podcast where they explain everything to the geese.
1: Oh, I just fell. I just fell walking up
0: the stairs. (laughs) Oh, no. You pulled a Jennifer Lawrence getting off the stage. (laughs) And scene.
1: Oh well, we did it. We made it to the end of season three.
0: Congratulations, Liz. Another um, successful season.
1: Yeah. Um we covered so many topics. Nathan doesn't hate me from the last episode, I yeah. don't think.
0: And uh how how are you doing? How are you feeling? This it's, I'm it, it's a so Thursday evening.
1: Tired.
0: Yes. <laughs> and yet here
1: we are. This is like I have days with I've talked about my seasonal affective disorder before, Mm -hmm. and I have days that are better and worse, and today is a day that is inexplicably worse. Uh, I had a full night of sleep. Yeah. (laughs) And then at lunch, I've been trying to really actively walk a lot more, and I walked two and a half miles, and I got coffee.
0: Oh, okay. That, That should help.
1: No, it did not.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Okay. (laughs) Well, it's a good thing to do anyway.
1: Yeah, but I'm very hydrated. I drank 100 ounces of water today, Mm -hmm. and I'm eating very well and um, in a safe and healthy way, and um, I'm here to talk about things, and I'm sure my anger will get me through the podcast.
0: I really appreciate you doing this, (laughs) uh, because you are doing it for me, because it is my episode, and frankly, my favorite episode.
1: And I did um I did extra research because I went out of my way to see some a movie for yes yeah, and yeah. some movies also in my home.
0: We're going to talk about that in a moment. first, I want to say about your seasonal affective disorder, that if it's affecting you disproportionately today, maybe you are responding to the very powerful and very real psychic link between the two of us because oh, no. it is an odd uh rainy day here in tucson arizona mm. this thursday january 16th 2020
1: mm-hmm. we have some wind coming through right now and um after i picked up elliot from daycare we had to get uh some things at the grocery store and he was like no wind get me no storm get me oh my gosh he he had dreamy he does not like wind and he has never liked wind wow and um like from a tiny infant he felt a breeze and was like but then he had dreamy with him his dog his Mm -hmm. like stuffed dog and he was like no dreamy blow away no one dreamy blow away i was like he's like i hold on tight i was like wow you do that kid
0: That is, uh, you are describing a level of emotional manipulation that if you were to put this to film, I think it might win Best Picture for 2020.
1: (laughs) Also, my hair was blowing all over because like when I was putting him in his car seat, um, the way that the wind Mm -hmm. was, it was like blowing my hair straight up. Mm -hmm. And he was like, no, (laughs) your hair.
0: Oh, (laughs) <laughs> he's, so he's really afraid of things blowing away yeah like the wind taking things away. did he see wizard of oz
1: no not yet he
0: hasn't been exposed to that okay no does he know about tornadoes does he have a, a fear of that
1: he doesn't like storms Mm-hmm. i know that the other night too he also said uh kenny got him this compendium of spooky stories mm-hmm. um Which are like one to three page like narratives with like a few illustrations, but they're Mm -hmm. good bedtime stories. And I put him to bed the other night because Kenny had taken care of him all day. And I was like, normally Kenny puts him to bed because I'm bad at it. And I was like, do you want a spooky story? He was like, no scary story. No scoopy scary story. (laughs) And I was like, okay, how about goodnight little blue truck? And he was like, no. No scary story. I was like, (laughs) goodnight, little blue truck is not scary. He was like, there's thunder in goodnight truck. (laughs) Thunder is scary. And yeah, Uh, the premise of goodnight, little blue truck is there's a thunderstorm. And so everybody hangs out with little blue truck. Yeah. And then he takes them home and puts them to bed. Mm -hmm. And that was too much for my child the other night. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Is uh is Dreamy uh Elliot's Thunder Buddy?
1: Yeah. Dreamy yeah. Huggins.
0: Uh Thunder Buddy is from the movie Ted, a movie I have never seen, <laughs> but the advertising sure wormed its way into my brain.
1: Great. <laughs> I've also never seen it.
0: Speaking of de movies Yes. Uh would you do the honors of, of uh saying what this episode is about?
1: Yeah, so it's Will's favorite episode. It's Will's obsession. If mm. Will, if I had said to Will, "Could we just have a podcast about the Oscars?" He sure. would have been like, "Oh my god, really?"
0: Yeah, I'll do a year-round <laughs> Oscars watch podcast. Why not?
1: But he loves me, and so that's not what a podcast is about.
0: <laughs> not yet. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about that later.
1: I said to Kenny earlier, I said, thank you. You're He did something. And I said, thank you. You're such a good husband and a good friend. And he said, so far. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's like, um, I have a habit of like, if I say I'm going to do something and then someone says, thank you.
2: Mm-hmm. I
0: have a habit of saying, well, don't thank me yet. <laughs> <laughs> Just because... You don't know what might happen.
1: So will it? It is uh, uh, January sixteenth. Yeah. The nominees have been announced. I was going to say released. Yes.
0: yes, that is exactly why uh, we are recording this. When we are, is because but this... the
1: Oscars have not happened yet.
0: Exactly right. The Oscars themselves are happening February ninth, twenty twenty. Uh, but the uh, nominees were announced earlier this week. And so just as we did last year, because we've been doing this podcast for a whole GD year, by the way. Yeah, I think we as talked two about days that. ago and
1: I fucking forgot. Yeah,
0: nobody's talking about that. It's our uh, anniversary. Elliot,
1: Elliot was sick and I remember seeing that when I woke up and then it immediately leaving my brain.
0: So congratulations on a year of a podcast.
1: Congratulations.
0: Thank you. And so I can think of one of two ways to start this conversation. Either mm-hmm. I can do a quick recap of context for this uh, mm-hmm. uh uh exercise uh or we can do the getting a baseline where I ask you what movies you have seen uh oh, in, from 2019.
1: Give some context sure. cuz I'm going to I'm realizing now that I'm silly and should have um immediately brought up the nominees and I didn't do that.
0: So while you're doing that, I'll just do a speed round of some context, some of which was covered in our previous Oscars episode. Uh, I would say that until recently, historically, I was never a big movies guy. mm -hmm. Uh, We've talked on this podcast about uh, how my hobbies uh, are mostly uh, different forms of media consumption. And you can broadly categorize not just my media consumption, but almost anyone's into categories like movies, television, books, uh, video games, music, and now podcasts, of course. Mm -hmm. For me, as I remember uh, my own life, uh, my first love was books, followed closely by television – Mm-hmm. then along came video games and then later i started to have an interest in music and then there was a period where i had i took a great pride in my taste in indie music
2: mm-hmm.
0: and movies were always kind of an afterthought in over all those years watching award shows was always kind of appealing to me, not in like an active way, but in like mm-hmm. a when they came around, that's something to tune in for kind of a way. Yeah. And then it became uh, more of a tradition uh, starting in college to watch the Oscars specifically mm-hmm. and not just by myself, but with other people. And when you're watching Oscars with your friends, uh, then the the whole point in my mind is to, you know, each person has a ballot. They fill out the ballot. And it is a competition to see who will pick the most winners correctly. And then, uh, so that was just sort of a fun thing that came around once a year. And then three years ago uh, at the Oscars, there was the uh, Moonlight La La Land uh, switcheroo, Mm -hmm. which was not only a memorable moment in and of itself, but... For those of us watching at home, among my friends, uh, there was a tie going into the best picture category for who had the most correct picks of the night, and I had picked Moonlight and Sarah had picked La La Land. Mm -hmm. So for, uh, for a horrifying moment, it seemed as if Sarah had won, and then when... Moonlight was announced as the real best picture. Mm -hmm. I wrested victory from the jaws of defeat. Mm -hmm. And that set me on a path of thinking, tonight was so much fun. What if I could make this feeling last all the year round? (laughs) And what if this coming year I actually saw a lot of movies and paid attention to the movies in a way I never had before. Uh, My approach had always been to just see the movies that really looked interesting to me. And those Mm -hmm. were kind of few and far between. Yeah. And so I decided to broaden my horizons, see more movies with the point of it being that when the next Oscars came around, it wouldn't be like it always is where there's almost 10 best, pictures, best Picture nominees and I've seen maybe one or two of them mm-hmm. and I hardly know the movies at all. I'm like, no, I'm going to get out, I'm going to see the movies, the ones that look important, the ones that you know people are talking about, the ones that have <clears> buzz, <throat> and I'm going to be prepared for Oscar night more than ever before. And leading up to the Oscars, I am going to gamify this whole year-round movie watching experience by predicting who the nominees are going to be before mm-hmm. the nominees for the oscars are even announced not in every cor- category because i i'm never going to have that level of expertise to do mm-hmm. like cinematography and costumes but in what i consider the top eight categories Best Picture, Best Director, the four performance categories, and the two screenplay categories. Mm -hmm. It turns out just by coincidence that the year I decided to start paying attention to the movies Mm -hmm. may actually be remembered as a banner year for cinema. Yeah, that was was an incredible year. It was 2017, and it was just a hella good year at the movies. And then uh, we covered... 2018 in the last Oscars episode of the podcast, and Which as I said then, weird. <laughs> 2018 was kind of a whack year for movies. 2019, I think we're coming back around. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's quite at 2017 levels, mm-hmm. but uh, it's it's a lot better than last year was.
1: Yes, yes. Now,
0: now, broad. Uh, I'm going to make another broad statement, just to be clear, because. It, I might give off the impression that I love, I just love the Oscars mm-hmm. and I worship the Oscars and the Oscars are my favorite. I i like the game that I'm playing yes. by engaging with all of this. Mm-hmm. The Oscars themselves aren't good. Mm-hmm. They're bad.
1: Yeah, they're bad.
0: They're stupid. Yeah. And they've got a lot of problems.
1: Yeah. And, I've got a lot of problems.
0: And they're not and and the pr- the rate at which they are making progress leaves something to be desired. Yeah. So, I'll since you said that you have problems with it as well, I'll just use this as a transition to now can I ask you what 2019 movies have you seen or or are you familiar with?
1: Yeah. Um I want I want to mention really quick that I get so sad about like who was nominated in the oscars that i just i just had this thought for a second where i very briefly you know not even a full second thought like well i guess a woman will have to win for best actress right
0: (laughs) yeah right they can't take that away
1: so i have seen less movies than i thought
0: (laughs) fewer movies but go on
1: oh jesus um (laughs) So, but I have read a lot because I've been thinking about this a lot. As you cool. know, I'm a little bit um, limited. Some yes. of these I definitely could have seen. Um, you're so a,
0: you're a parent of a toddler, and so yeah, uh, and you're and you're a working parent.
1: So I saw Little Women. Yes, blew my mind. I also want to point out that I saw Midsummer, which is not mm-hmm. nominated, but I think gave me a good baseline for Florence. Flor- Florence.
0: Yes. Poog. Pew. Pew. Pew, pew. Okay, now, now let me make another blanket statement. I was going to yeah. wait until we were going through the lists, but yeah. since we're, we're talking about someone's name and the pronunciation thereof, let me make my blanket statement now as I made last year. I'm going to say a lot of people's names in this episode of the podcast. Right. <laughs> I'm going to mispronounce some of them. I'm not going to stop to apologize every single time I'm saying a name that I'm not sure I know the correct pronunciation of. I am issuing a preemptive blanket apology for yes. all of the names that I am going to mispronounce over the next two hours.
1: Same. I, I co-sign that. Thank you. Um, so you
0: saw Midsummer not in the theater, but you saw it at home,
2: correct?
1: Yes. Yes. We actually purchased it. to re- We rented it. Mm -hmm. and, like, paid money to watch it. And then um, we got it for Christmas, too, and I plan on watching it again, because I was, I was, like, I actually said to Kenny, I was, like, Florence needs to win a fucking Oscar for that first scene where she's on the phone with her shitty boyfriend Mm -hmm. and is clearly needs help, but knows that if she is too much, she will not get the help she needs, and so she's trying to navigate this and hide her crying, and Mm -hmm. it's, like, some of the best acting I've ever seen, ever.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I would say that is a good one to own, uh, worthy of a rewatch. One of my favorite films of the year. Yeah. As, as is Little Women.
1: Yes. Oh, my God. And Little Women, I literally cried the entire way through. I mm-hmm. saw it very recently. Um. In terms of other movies, I didn't really see... I didn't see Marriage Story because I thought it would stress me out too much, even though it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm so, I get so, I get into these periods where I'm very enamored with Adam Driver Mm -hmm. and I was so tempted to watch it, but then it just didn't, I think I was going to try to watch it on Tuesday of this week and then that did not work out because Elliot was sick. So,
0: um, I have have sort of an unpopular opinion about Marriage Story, which is that it's just fine.
1: Yeah, that's probably fine. I just want to see Adam Driver and also... God damn! Does Adam Driver look good in a long sleeve black T-shirt? My God, when he spoilers for all of these movies when he showed up, I did see Star Wars, which is of course not really nominated for anything except sound editing, but
0: uh, also nominated for score. And when I okay. say what movies have you seen, I don't mean just in the Oscars conversation. Okay. Um, I, I like to think of this just as much as a sort of year in review for cinema.
1: Right, right. Yeah, when he shows up at the end in that long sleeve black t-shirt I was like you look so cozy right now and like ooh, <laughs> I know that you're like fighting for your life here man but you look so cozy
0: <laughs> is there I also saw Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker is there a t-shirt
1: in that movie a long sleeved <laughs> black t- when he shows up after becoming good yeah and he is wearing a long sleeved black t-shirt <laughs> It is not more structured okay. than that.
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: It, you can find the GIF of him um, coming around the corner with his blaster and like sliding a little bit.
2: Yeah,
1: he's wearing it in that picture,
2: like Hulk in that Solo. GIF. Uh,
1: um, and then I saw us. Hmm. That was this year, right?
0: <laughs> Unbelievably so. Yes, it feels like it was actually um one million years ago. Yes, but it was in fact uh, in twenty nineteen.
1: Um, and then I also saw, I guess I saw Captain Marvel.
0: Yep, that was last year. Um, Avengers Endgame was last I year. I saw
1: Avengers. And I think the only other thing I want to note right now, and then I'll let you talk, which is I didn't see A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, even Mm. though I'm obsessed. And and when I say I'm obsessed with Mr. Rogers, I feel like that's a very popular thing right now. Mm -hmm. I had a shirt when I was 14 years old with Mr. Rogers' face on it. So like, I've been in this game for a long fucking time.
0: You're not hopping on the bandwagon. I'm not
1: hopping on the, oh, we really need a guy like Fred Rogers. Like I have, I carried with me. Did I tell you this? What I used to carry Mm. with me in high school?
0: Mm -hmm. I'm sure you have. Say it anyway.
1: So you know the um the rumor that he was a sniper and, like, had had a bunch of tattoos? I had a picture of him swimming that was in a magazine that mm-hmm. I had cut out, and I kept it in a folder in my backpack for two years in high school. Mm-hmm. Because whenever somebody would say, find out that I loved Fred Rogers and say something about this, I would pull out this picture and mm-hmm. be like... That's a lie. It's only there because people can't believe that he was as pure as he was. Here is photographic evidence of him not having tattoos on his body. <laughs> um, and I didn't see that movie because I, I was like, I can't see that in theaters. Like even <clears> – <throat> I, know, I know that like – I know we've talked about this and how you've said like Fred is really the – you know, Tom Hanks is really like the antagonist. And I know the story that it draws from and all of that because I've read a lot about it. But I was like, I will – I will. I cannot cry like that in a theater. I just can't, and I know that I will. I will.
0: I will say. I, I we're going to talk more about that movie later. But you, I. I understand uh, that uh, what you're saying. Uh, I can't argue with it. I can't contradict it. I will say that unfortunately, on top of what you're saying, you are missing out on a little something. Be, not just the. Experience that you could say of any movie of like you get to see it on the big old screen, but like there is something particular and special about seeing this movie with strangers.
1: Oh, the moment of silence, yeah, yeah, I read about this movie a lot, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, it is, yes, it
0: is best seen in public with strangers,
1: yeah, that's fair. Um, I would say that I would ruin the moment of silence with my. Crying. I mean, like, I feel like crying right now. Okay, we're gonna move on. The only other thing I want to mention is that I wanted to see this is going to involve three movies. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see the lighthouse. Yep. And there was a day that my mom was coming down for something else. And I had texted her and said, could you watch Elliot tonight so we can go see a movie? Because uh, we never get to do that. And she mm-hmm. was like, absolutely. And the, the lighthouse was coming out that weekend. It was opening Thursday or whatever. And mm-hmm. so I went to buy tickets and it wasn't opening in my area, area even though it was opening nationwide. There yeah. were no theaters playing it mm. until the next weekend. Yeah. And this is one of those situations where like, it's not like we can just go the next weekend. My mom won't be there. Right. And so I did not get to see the lighthouse and I still have not gotten to see the lighthouse. Shame. Um, and instead, the options at the theater near us that we wanted to see mm-hmm. were the joke we're joker i was mm-hmm. gonna say the joker we're joker or i was like i and i was like i don't want to see that movie it seems like it has not gotten that great of reviews and is not that interesting
0: we're gonna have to talk about that
1: and like it i just remember thinking this is like a batman movie and i've heard like <laughs> nothing about it <laughs> or like Zombieland 2 and i thought Zombieland <laughs> was really funny and I was like, you know what I want? I just want a nice, funny romp. That's all I want. And we so we saw Zam- Land 2. And so, yeah, when the Joker, when I was seeing the jo- the jo- I keep saying the Joker. When I was seeing Joker a bunch, I was like, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> Did you get a nice, funny romp?
1: I had a f- nice, funny couple of moments. <laughs>
0: In what? Like... An hour and fifty minutes, I'm guessing,
1: yeah, it was fine. it was um zombie land I zombie land I liked um
0: I remember really liking it the last time I saw it when I was I don't know nineteen or twenty,
1: yeah, but even so like I just thought it was you know I thought that it you know I don't I don't expect much you know and and as and so in in zombie land two at one point. There's, okay, so it, who is it that's the dude in, in Zombieland that isn't um, nerdy guy?
0: He is nerdy guy and he's Jesse Eisenberg.
1: No, 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 no. Woody Harrelson. Okay, so in the, I guess this is also in the trailer, but in the movie, uh, Luke Wilson and Tom Middleditch play like this sort of parallel track version of the relationship between Woody Harrelson and Jesse Eisenberg. I'm sure we've and talked about this. Truly, that scene was the funniest scene.
0: Did we talk about this on the podcast? I don't think so. Because I've had a lot of thoughts about this. I did not see the movie. I saw the trailer. I thought, this is the scene from Shaun of the Dead, which is also a zombie comedy, Mm -hmm. where our heroes come across another group of survivors where... There is a an a a version of them for each member of their group. There's a doppelganger. Mm-hmm. So Shaun of the Dead did that, and in Zombieland, it's like that. But they're playing it for they're playing it broadly. Like the joke is Emma Stone, like w- winking at the camera, going like, "Can you believe this?" Yeah, like that's the joke. And then also, I just couldn't help thinking like who were like obviously the first choice for Jesse Eisenberg is Michael Sarah so oh I don't know and, Tom
1: Middleditch is pretty good
0: I love Thomas Middleditch I'm a big fan of Silicon Valley and his his comedy but uh, I just th- I just thought like Luke Wilson and Thomas Middleditch they they just to me as the viewer of the trailer they just scream not their first choices
1: okay and that might be true. And that, I think, is why it's so funny. That was why it was so funny to me because – and I didn't see the trailer for Zombieland 2.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And so when I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is weird. Who are these people? And then I was like – I slowly – it was not immediate. You know what I mean? I slowly realized – because I had not seen the trailer – That Luke Wilson was just doing an incredible Woody Harrelson impression. Yeah. And you don't have to look like somebody necessarily to do the impression. Sure, sure. And so I thought – part of what I thought made it so funny was that they weren't exactly, exactly
0: modeled. Yeah. And I know that you can't judge – A movie on its trailers but the the way the trailer made it look to me the way i internalized it was yeah this is one scene in the movie where the joke is one of celebrity cameo humor the joke is you recognize this person Uh from being the star of other movies yeah well in this movie they're only in one scene
1: yeah -hmm, I was good with it. I I was also trying to you know salvage a date night.
0: <laughs> yeah No I, 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 I can appreciate that. So so
1: please, let's talk about movies that were actually nominated.
0: Let's thing. go let's go into some lists. so mm-hmm. so I talked about the gamification of watching yes. movies by doing this nominee predicting and it also feeds into my love for making lists. Um, so last year, uh, we, we went through it on the podcast. I only 50% of my predictions were correct. One in two. Yes. Kind of embarrassing. It was Spe- a rough year though. Especially after I had already done it the previous year and the mm-hmm. first year I did it, uh, about 65% of my predictions were correct. Yes. In those two years of predicting nominees in, uh, eight different categories, I had never had a complete shutout where, mm-hmm. you know, I was 100% wrong in that category. I had also never had a clean sweep where I mm-hmm. was 100% right in any single category. Mm-hmm. So going into this year, predicting the nominees, uh, my basically my two goals were I got to do better than last year. Mm-hmm. If I do better than the first year, that's icing on the cake. Yeah. And my second goal was I'd like to have a clean sweep in in one category. Mm-hmm. Just get one category 100% right. Mm-hmm. And I will say as we get into this that I met exactly one of those goals. Oh And baby. not the other. And Liz, you already know which one it is if you remember because uh-huh. uh, what we've uh, what I forecasted about this to you. I do but I won't say yet uh, to keep the listener in suspense as we go through this exercise. Thank you.
1: I will respect this process.
0: Thank you so much. That's, that's why you won co-host this year.
1: (laughs) Because I was submissive to your
2: ways.
0: (laughs) Oh, oh, don't put it like that. You're, you're, you're compliant. No, that's not much better. Um, Okay. So uh, last year, going through the eight categories, I did, in each category, four things. And Mm -hmm. I did them, I believe, in this order. I said what my predictions were. Mm -hmm. We compared my predictions to the real nominees. Right. I predicted who would be the winner in the category. Mm -hmm. This is why we do this in between the nominees being announced and the Oscars themselves, so that I can do both of these things. Yes. And then the final thing that I did was I gave out the William Award Mm -hmm. to my favorite person or production In that particular category. I'm going to do basically the same things, except a little differently. Okay. And the first thing I'm going to do differently is I'm going to give out the William Award first. Oh, good. And before you hear the winner, you're going to hear my nominees for the William Award. Okay. Okay. Last year, I just had one and it was just my favorite. You know, my favorite for Best Picture, my favorite for Director. Mm -hmm. This year, I've made lists of nominees Mm -hmm. for my own personal preference in each category. Okay. So we're going to start at the bottom Mm -hmm. with Adapted Screenplay. Right. So the five nominees from 2019 for the William Award for Adapted Screenplay are, and I'm going to try to do these in alphabetical order so I don't give away the winner, Mm -hmm. or show any kind of preferential treatment. Mm -hmm. They are A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Avengers Endgame, Hustlers, Mm. Jojo Rabbit, and Little Women. And the winner of the William Award for Adapted Screenplay is Greta Gerwig, Little Women.
1: Oh, God bless.
0: (laughs) My predictions for what the actual Oscar nominees would be for adapted mm-hmm. screenplay were and this by the way I'm not doing in alphabetical order mm-hmm. number one the Irishman number two little women mm-hmm. number three Joker, which mm-hmm. by virtue of being a comic book movie is automatically an adaptation. Right. Number four, JoJo Rabbit, mm-hmm. and number five, Judy.
1: Oh, yes.
0: Now, there are several things that I could have put into that fifth slot. I didn't think that any of them stood out as being the really obvious one to put Mm -hmm. there. I picked Judy because I thought this is like a classic showbiz story. And and we know that
1: those sell in the Oscars. Absolutely. As we discussed last year.
0: You know, screenwriters, they nominate the screenplays. they, They pick who the nominees are, I thought. They'll eat up this, you know, Hollywood story. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, I think I remember telling you that way back in November, when I was just starting to jot down preliminary lists of Mm -hmm. what I should be thinking about for predictions, I really struggled finding contenders for adapted screenplay. Yes. Now, that was like two, three months ago, and the list got longer, but um, it's kind of of slim pickings. Mm -hmm. um so comparing that with the real nominees uh four out of five of those are correct yes irishman little woman joker and jojo rabbit i got those all right judy was not right in fact the fifth nominee was the two popes
1: and can we talk about the two popes for one second i would love to
0: i would love to talk about the two popes
1: i if you'll remember from our abortion episode i uh i at one point, said one of the popes, mm-hmm. and you scoffed at me and were incredulous, and I was like, "What?" And you were like, "I, I think it. W- I just like was coming from this from a different cultural standpoint than you." I was raised Catholic, and when you yeah. said one
0: of the popes, I thought that was kind of funny.
1: Yeah, and then because there's then only I saw... been a
0: few in our lifetime, and there's only ever one at a time.
1: But yes, but I was referencing the fact that we had two living popes at one point or like one pope and then another pope. But the last one was still alive because he had stepped down. The retired pope. Yes. And um, then when I saw the trailer for the two popes, I texted you just furious immediately. I was like, see?
0: You were like, ha. (laughs) And I was like, I think that this proves my point (laughs) because there's a reason why the title The Two Popes is provocative.
2: (laughs)
1: And it's
0: it's the the known singularity of of popes at any given time. Yeah. So uh, I'll just say a little bit about the two popes. Um, I just decided I'm going to forget about the two popes. (laughs) I watched the two popes with my parents uh, over Christmas break uh, on Netflix. Mm -hmm. A perfectly fine film. Uh There are... Too many uh movies. Popes. There are too many popes, and, and, <laughs> and speaking of which there are too many movies. Mm-hmm. Too many movies for me to consider all of them. Yes. And so there are just a few films that I just kind of made the conscious choice. I know maybe these films might be in the conversation for some of these Oscars and some of these categories, but there's just no room for me to remember if I try to fit everything in, mm-hmm. then I'm gonna be you know, picking from every corner and it's going to be one here and one there. Yeah. And it's all going to be spread so thin Mm -hmm. that I'll make a bunch of unnecessary errors. And so I was like, you know what? The two popes, I'm just going to leave it out of everything. I also said this about Ford versus Ferrari. I knew Mm -hmm. that that was in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, And some others that I might remember. uh, Another movie that I
1: thought this looks so boring. Why would anybody want to see this movie?
0: The two popes. Oh no! no Ford, Ford versus, versus Ferrari. Ferrari. Yeah, I
1: was like, "This is so silly." Yeah, who and cares? I, and I'll say, people who like cars, fine, but sure. like anyone else,
0: yeah. I I mean, you know, it's got some stars in it, so I'm sure there are some people who just have their affinity for movie stars, and yeah, they'll go see whatever Christian Bale is doing. But uh, not me. I, uh, that is that is one of the films I didn't see this year, which uh, now might be a good time to say. Um, Last year, part of my presentation was a list of films from that year that I didn't see, Yeah, which was a sort of caveat for, you know, I can't include these in my favorites because I just haven't seen them yet. Mm -hmm. Um, You'll notice I'm not doing that this year. Yeah. Not saying I saw everything, but uh, to date, I have seen, by my count, 54 films from the year 2019.
1: Yeah, you're incredible.
0: Forty-five of those are Oscars eligible. Okay, yeah, and, and therefore also Williams eligible. Mm-hmm. So all that's left to do is predict the winner of a adapted screenplay, and um, I mean, it's not a sure thing, but I gotta pick Little Women. Yeah, um, I think it is. It's their chance to fucking r- apologize. R- r- <laughs> apologize for what we're going to talk, have to talk about later.
1: I can't, I can't. Okay. Let's keep going. please. I just
0: think you, I just think for, for one, two important things. Yes. One is what I'm already saying, which mm-hmm. is that they should give Greta Gerwig an Oscar and they should give her, her moment on stage. Yes. And that'll like, it'll probably go viral for, for one reason or another. The second important thing to say is that she deserves it
1: yes it's incredible
0: the movie is excellent and i am not familiar with the source material i have not read the book i have not seen any previous adaptation so what i'm about to say i'm not speaking from a place of expertise in this particular matter but
1: well i think that speaks even more to this movie but continue
0: i'm repeating what i've heard other people say which is i've heard people say about this new little women that it is remarkable for the way that it adapts the material yes in a new fresh interesting updated never before seen way mm-hmm. both you know making it feel like culturally relevant mm-hmm. and also like actually sort of remixing the order in which events are presented yes. in a new way that hadn't been done before yes that works beautifully Yes, it's it's I think I think as an adaptation,
1: it 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 truly is is like adapted, like, right,
0: right, exactly. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I I don't know much about the adaptation of The Irishman. Like, I don't know much about that book. So like,
1: and who cares?
0: I mean, I don't care particularly. (laughs) I mean, I liked that movie, but. I guess maybe a case could be made maybe the same is true of the Irishman cuz there is like a non-linear storytelling mm-hmm. aspect to the Irishman and maybe that's different from the book or maybe it's the same in the book I have no idea yeah. but um I mean little women like famous book you know that <laughs> mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, the Irishman I think is based on a book called I Heard You Paint Houses not it a, is not a famous book No um
1: little- also a bad title
0: Little Women, uh, I think it's a better title than The Irishman, personally. Um, Little Women, uh, a, 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 a remarkable achievement as yes, an ad- adapt- adaptation for the silver screen. So mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> it'll be a crime punishable by death if anything else <laughs> wins. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, the nominees for the William Award... Mm-hmm. In original screenplay, yes, are the farewell, oh the, yeah, the lighthouse, mm-hmm. midsummer, parasite, and uncut gems. Mm-hmm. It pained me to leave us off of that list. Mm-hmm. It's if there were a sixth, it would be six. It was just squeaked out. Uh, the winner uncut of cut
1: gems left you with a fever. It did. It,
0: it, it is the same as sitting in a sauna for two hours.
1: <laughs>
0: I think it's longer than two hours, but anyway, uh, the winner for the of the William Award for screenplay is uh, a movie that if I tried to read the screenplay, I couldn't because uh, it's not in English. Uh, it's Parasite. Parasite mm-hmm. wins.
1: I I do want to. I'm I'm sure we'll talk more about the um the farewell. I do want to say I have not seen that very well. I wanted to see it, and I just couldn't couldn't get it once yeah. I knew what it was, which was late in the game, like mm-hmm. after it was already out of theaters. yeah, um, but I have listened to on more than one occasion the this American life, yes, radio story that it sort of started with right. and I when I say I've listened to it more than once, I mean any time I saw it, I would listen to it like if they re- reposted it. And then right. also sometimes I went back and listened to it again. So the fact that sure. I loved it that much and then it was otherwise not on my radar, you know, who knows. But, mm. um, yeah, I, I am very excited to see that movie at yeah. some point.
0: I'm sure you're going to love it and I hope that you will see it sometime soon. Uh, and I look forward to talking about it. Um, the uh, movies that I predicted would be the nominees for the Oscars for original screenplay are Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. marriage story Mm -hmm. parasite Mm -hmm. the farewell and us Mm -hmm. so quick sidebar last year i made some critical errors yeah and one of my biggest was thinking of uh was anticipating a rematch that never came right uh which was the moonlight la la land Uh, rematch Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Damien Chazal made La La Land, Uh, Mm -hmm. Barry Jenkins made Moonlight Mm -hmm. and they both had movies come out in 2018 Uh, Mm -hmm. Damien Chazal had First Man and uh, Barry Jenkins had If Bill Street Could Talk and Mm -hmm. so I thought okay these two are going to go head to head again both in Best Picture and in Director Mm -hmm. and uh, none of those things happened right (laughs) So, I was very wary this year because when I did that, I was looking back 2 years mm-hmm. and going, here comes the rematch. And then mm-hmm. now I could look back 2 years and go, okay, 2 years ago we had Get Out by Jordan Peele and we had Lady Bird by Greta Gerwig. Mm-hmm. So, I'm thinking they're, you know, neither one of those was a big winner. Mm-hmm. Shape of Water and Guillermo del Toro were the big winners. But time again for the rematch. Mm-hmm. Jordan Peele and Greta Gerwig coincidentally both have new movies out. Um, and so I included Us in my predictions because not only was Get Out nominated, but Jordan Peele won for screenplay for Get right. okay. Out uh, yeah. a couple of years ago. So even though Us is a horror movie and, and – Not as much in the conversation as Get Out Mm -hmm. was. I thought he won this Oscar once. Maybe, you know, maybe they'll nominate him for this amazing screenplay. They did not. Yeah. The real nominees were Once Upon a Time uh, in Hollywood Marriage Story, Parasite. I got those three right. Uh, And the remaining ones were 1917 and Knives Out. Did you see
1: 1917?
0: No. Uh, Let me get back to that in a second. So I was wrong about The Farewell and I was wrong about Us. So no continuing love for Jordan Peele this year. And Mm -hmm. The Farewell, um, we're going to keep talking about it, but it was totally shut out of the nominations.
1: Which is complete. I mean, again, I have not actually seen it, but it seems like it's complete bullshit.
0: (laughs) It's really disappointing. And I wonder if it would have been any different if it had come out closer to Oscar season later in the year. Because I saw it not as early as Us came out, but earlier in the year. And I remember yeah. at that time, there was really good awards buzz. Um, mm-hmm. But it was earlier in the year. And so the things that it was going to be competing against weren't seen by people yet. And so mm-hmm. I feel like it kind of just fell off the radar. And it's really unfortunate that it, it disappeared. Um, 1917, no, I haven't seen it. I did see Knives Out, though. And I,
1: people loved that didn't they
0: yeah generally did you yeah. love that i liked it quite a bit okay. i would not go as far as to say i loved it
2: mm-hmm.
0: um but uh, i will say more about it later and yeah. uh i like uh ryan johnson i liked uh the last right. jedi
1: right because his name's ryan
0: r-i-a-n
1: i think we i forget if we had this discussion last year but i was like it's not Rian? And you were yeah. like, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that sounds familiar. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, it's it's disappointing that The Farewell and Us were left out, but it's pleasantly surprising to see uh, Knives Out uh, mm-hmm. nominated. Um, I don't think it will win. My prediction is that the winner in original screenplay will be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, that be- sounds right. Because it's got Hollywood in the title.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's Quentin Tarantino, everyone's buddy
0: yes frequently nominated and uh uh, wouldn't be his first win for screenplay okay moving on to supporting actress the nominees for the william award for supporting actress are jennifer lopez for hustlers thomason mckenzie for jojo rabbit florence Pugh for little women Zhao Shu Zhen for The Farewell. Mm-hmm. She plays Nai Nai.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh.
0: And Zendaya for Spider Man Far From Home. <laughs> uh-huh. um, quick note about the MCU and this category. Um, I have to think a lot about categories and make sure that I'm putting people, and in the case of screenplays, movies. In the right categories, mm-hmm. is someone lead? Are they supporting? Is something original? Is it adapted? The way I make sure I'm doing this right is I Google the movie or the studio, and then the words for your consideration. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of ten, it works, and I find the web page where the studio is advertising the movie as an awards contender, mm-hmm. and they have usually uh, categories laid out where they say, you know, for your consideration. Best picture, such and such. Best director, such and such. Lead something, supporting someone. And it, I go, oh, okay, that's how they're going to categorize them. According to Disney and the Avengers Endgame for your consideration campaign, mm-hmm. there is no lead in Avengers Endgame. Game. <clears throat>
2: Everyone
0: is supporting.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I looked at that and I went, okay, I can understand why, but I still think that's bullshit. Yeah. And so I decided no, no performances from Avengers Endgame in the William Awards nominees this year. I just don't want to get into that. Yeah. But Spider-Man Far From Home was this year. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, man, is that movie charming? I mean, Mm -hmm. both of them are. Homecoming even more so. And um, the advantage that Far From Home has over Homecoming is that MJ is this singular love interest as opposed to a friend in the previous film. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the winner of the William Award for Supporting Actress is Florence Pugh for Little Women. Yes. So, quick word about Florence Pugh. Um, you saw Midsummer, yeah. and you saw Little Women, yeah, and you saw them in that order, correct? Yes. Despite seeing Midsummer at home, yeah. So I saw both films in theaters.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, right now, Midsummer is available to watch in your home.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I've no. You might movies that movies that memes come out of. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the memes are different. From when they're in theaters compared to when they're available in your home. Uh-huh, yeah. Because you can easily get screenshots. Screen grabs, yeah. As opposed to when they're in theaters and then you might be screen grabbing, like, the trailer or, or, or yeah. you know, or advertising somebody, for it.
1: Or somebody, like, bootleg something and then somebody makes a GIF, yeah.
0: So, in recent weeks, I'm noticing that the meme from Midsummer now is her smiling at the end. Yes. But prior to that, the image... Of From midsummer that I saw everywhere, so that I associated that image with midsummer mm-hmm. was her in the same covered in flowers get up, but she's making the big pouty frowny face the yeah. frowny baby face you know that image of her making that face
2: mm-hmm.
0: was synonymous with midsummer in my mind, and then I saw little women, and she makes that face. <laughs> As Amy March, yeah, in Little Women, in so, at least one scene.
1: So i I want to. I'm gonna talk. I mean, where I just feel like I'm trying to like measure out talking about Little Women. So now I think it's worth beginning to mention that I had not functionally read Little Women before this year. I tried to read it when I was in the summer between fourth and fifth grade, and got so bored about a hundred pages in that I quit, and I didn't sure. remember anything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I so I decided. I think I actually tweeted. I guess I have to see Little Women now. Read Little Women now, and mm-hmm. you were like, "I told you about this."
2: <laughs> okay.
1: So I did, and it. I had to renew it from the library like three times. It's such a long book, and it's. I don't want to say it's boring, but it's in some places very b- tedious because mm-hmm. it's an old book too. So it's just yeah. like different. And um, in the book, but but what is which is also to say, I have not seen any other adaptations of this book. Mm -hmm. but I did just read the book for the first time. Yeah. So it's like in my brain Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and Amy is very annoying. Uh She's so annoying. And my co-editor, Laura and I would talk about how annoying Amy was and the triumph of Florence and also of this, of the writing, but Mm -hmm. also of Florence's acting Mm
2: -hmm. is that
1: Amy is not annoying in this movie. She, Mm -hmm. and when she is annoying, Yes. It's becomes justified. Like it's right. it's part of her character development. She's not just like at a low level annoying hum.
0: I think that the I think that the triumph in the performance and this is why it wins a William award is that she is always the Amy is always endearing to me and mm-hmm. sympathetic in, in despite or in addition to often being annoying. Yes. And not annoying to me, but noticeably, understandably annoying to the other characters.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Is that, yeah, yeah. she's like, I as a viewer understand what's happening. You were never Yes. Whereas like in the book, it's like, oh my God, mm-hmm. shut up. <laughs> Just shut up, Amy.
0: Right. Um, okay. So my predictions for the Oscar nominees for supporting actress were... Uh, Jennifer Lopez for Hustlers, mm-hmm. Laura Dern for Marriage Story, but mm-hmm. she was also in Little Women, uh, but I said for Marriage Story, Margot Robbie for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but she was also in Bombshell, and mm-hmm. I knew that when I was writing her name down, mm-hmm. but I thought Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Florence Pugh for Little Women, and Annette Bening for The Report.
2: mm
1: mm-hmm.
0: Two and a half of those are correct.
1: Right. Uh,
0: Jennifer Lopez, very sadly snubbed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was also wrong about Annette Benning. Mm-hmm. Instead, Kathy Bates is nominated for Richard Jewell. Um, mm-hmm. I knew that that was a possibility, but I didn't see that movie and thought that it would be uh, ignored. Mm-hmm. And also, um, Scarlett Johansson was nominated for Jojo Rabbit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and uh, I also knew that that was a possibility, but I really was not expecting it to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not to say that she's bad in the movie or you know anything less than good. Um, I just thought, well, she was the lead in Marriage Story, and that's where the spotlight is.
1: Mm-hmm. Can I also say, with this Richard Jewell movie, I have zero baseline for this movie and you don't have to explain it to me i just mean like (laughs) when i was when i saw that i was like i don't i know who kathy bates is i don't know this movie at all i I don't know anything about it
0: you sound like you don't want to know anything about it
1: i I, i'm mad that i don't know so no 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 that's fine i'm just saying that like you don't have to get into explaining it to me i just mean like the fact that that's on there is like okay (laughs) not on my radar i
0: i I haven't seen the film but I think if you want to, from my perspective, if you need to know, if you want to know anything about it, if you just Mm -hmm. want to like categorize it in your brain, it's the new Clint Eastwood movie. It's, it is directed by Clint Eastwood. Uh Uh-huh. There. There. Uh, Done. So, uh, I was right about Laura Dern for Marriage Story. Yes. And I'm very happy that I was right about Florence Pugh being nominated for Little Women. Mm Mm-hmm. I wish she would win uh, the Oscar as she won the William, but I don't. I
1: wish she would break up with um, Zach, Zach Braff. Zach Braff,
0: yep. The future Mrs. Zach Braff herself. Um, And I was right about Margot Robbie being nominated, but I was wrong about what movie she would be nominated right? for. Right, she's the half. Um, The other, uh, Bombshell is another movie that I didn't see, and I also decided to myself, even though I know that this is part of the conversation, I'm going to ignore and disregard this movie. It is not going to be in any of my predictions. Mm -hmm. And now I am paying the price. Um, So uh, I predict uh, as much as I would love for Florence Pugh to win uh, for her performance in Little Women. And plus, she should, you know, win for her performance in Midsummer. Mm -hmm. In fact, I, I predict that the winner will be Laura Dern.
1: Oh, okay, good. I like Laura Dern a lot.
0: I also like her a lot. And also, if you give it to her for a marriage story, you know, there's also kind of a subtext of, you know, great job in Little Women this year as well. And great job, you know, with your whole fantastic career. (laughs) Um,
1: Do you know what my baseline is for Laura Dern?
0: Jurassic Park?
1: No. It's October Sky.
0: Never seen it.
1: Do you know what October Sky is? I've heard of it. It's a movie based off of a memoir about a dude who decided to build, um, model rockets. Uh huh. Um, and it stars Jake Gyllenhaal. And Uh I had seen Jurassic Park, but I did not recognize that that was Laura Dern. When I think of Jake Gyllenhaal and Laura Dern, I think of October Sky. (laughs) And I feel like this is a very weird.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, route for those two actors.
0: So I want to talk about the Golden Globes uh, really quickly. Um, I don't uh, pay attention to the Golden Globes very much. Um, this year, uh, I wanted to do better than last year. Last year was an embarrassment in my predictions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I did more research. Not In addition to seeing more movies than ever before, mm-hmm. I did more research than before, which frankly takes a little bit of the fun out of it. Because I don't want this to be an exercise in just repeating what I have seen experts say will happen. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is a moment to actually just sort of give a little bit more of my philosophy of what I'm including in my predictions, Mm -hmm. which is a combination of things that I consider to be sure things. I'd Mm -hmm. be foolish not to include them, regardless of my feelings about them. Second... Things that I want to happen that I have a personal stake in just emotionally from, from liking them. And then third, um, I I know that some stupid bullshit is going to happen. Yeah. That I won't agree with. And it's not in the sure thing category. Mm-hmm. It's just a thing that might happen and it would be stupid if it did, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but a certain amount of that stuff has to happen. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to put all my chips on sure things and stupid bullshit. Yes. Even though that would probably be a pretty safe bet, mm-hmm. it's not a fun bet. Yeah. Because then what if one of my favorites actually got in there?
1: Absolutely. And
0: I would feel shitty mm-hmm. if I just if I put my chips on some stupid bullshit that didn't pay off yeah. a, when one of my favorites would have. So, I'm looking to try to find the balance and compromise and include all of these things. So, I look to the Golden Globes doing research. And do you know this about the Golden Globes? There's not a one to one in all of these categories. Yes. Because yes. the Golden Globes, in not all their categories, but a lot of them, make this distinction between there's a drama category and a comedy or musical category and this is true for picture and this is true for lead performances
2: Mm
0: -hmm. but it and it's not true for director and it's not true for supporting performances Mm -hmm. so in these supporting categories i can look to the golden globes and say okay there's only five nominees there and only five nominees here And there's no drama comedy distinction. There's no double winner, you know, compared to the Oscars. Mm -hmm. Uh, Laura Dern won the Golden Globe and she won it for supporting for Marriage Story. Mm -hmm. I think she'll also win the Oscar. That's my prediction. Yeah. Moving on to supporting actor. The nominees for supporting actor for the William Award are Willem Dafoe for The Lighthouse. Mm. Jake Gyllenhaal. As Mysterio in Spider-Man Far From Home.
1: God damn, that man is funny.
0: Tom Hanks in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Of course. Brad Pitt for Once Upon a mm-hmm. Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And Song Kang Ho for Parasite. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Weiger, uh, one of my favorite podcasters and uh, comedy people, uh, had in my opinion, the the film tweet of the year, when he tweeted simply these words, he said, Parasite Dad is my favorite man. (laughs) That is a simple statement that I could totally relate Mm -hmm. to. And that's who I'm talking about when I say uh, uh, Song Kang Ho. Mm -hmm.
2: Uh,
0: The winner of the William Award for Supporting Actor is Willem Dafoe for The Lighthouse.
1: Amazing. Uh, like his face has never made more sense in a movie.
0: It is it is an otherworldly performance. In a frankly otherworldly film.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Performers who I predicted would be the actual nominees in this category are uh, Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Al Pacino for The Irishman. Joe Pesci also for The Irishman. Mm. Tom Hanks, who is supporting, yes, despite being, you know, first build famous person, mm-hmm. he is supporting for uh, a, a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And uh, Song Kang-ho for Parasite. Right. Now, I included that in my predictions, that last one, knowing that it was something of a long shot, but that Parasite is this, like, universally beloved movie from yes. from last year. Um uh, the, on Letterboxd, the movie reviewing sort of social media website uh that I frequent, um I think I read something like and maybe this isn't saying much, but it sounds like it says something. They they, they, they said like Parasite has surpassed The Godfather oh. as as the most highly rev- ra- the most highly rated mm-hmm. film on Letterboxd. Mhm. So everybody who sees it loves this movie uh and um Song Kang I mean all the performances are are great Song Kang Ho mm-hmm. is just kind of a favorite and uh if I hadn't inc- say I hadn't included him
1: Exactly so, so
0: so what we had so far Brad Pitt Al Pacino Joe Pesci Tom Hanks so far uh, saying those four I am just reciting The Golden Globe nominees in this Mm -hmm. category. The fifth is Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes. Mm -hmm. I could have just repeated the Golden Globe nominees for the category.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: But A, that would have been boring. Mm -hmm. And B, they're all white.
1: Yes, they are.
0: And the other thing that I have to consider going back to the metaphor of like, what is a safe bet? And what is what I'm going to do instead Mm -hmm. is, is it a safe bet to predict that everyone in an acting category is going to be white? Mm -hmm. Of of course it is. Mm -hmm. But not only am I. And and if there were actual stakes, Mm -hmm. if I were actually putting money on the line, then I might make safe bets like all white people or. Mm All men in the directing category. But there are but there are no stakes except for the personal emotional ones. Yeah. And since last year, I'm doing this publicly by doing mm-hmm. it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, how bad would it look for me if I went, I think all the nominated actors are going to be white. Mm-hmm. And then there were some non-white people in the nominees. It would not reflect very well on me. <laughs> yeah. So I was not going to include Anthony Hopkins. Um, and instead I included Song Kang Ho. Mm-hmm. The actual nominees, of course, are Brad Pitt, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, and Tom Hanks. I was right about all of those. And not Song Kang Ho, but Anthony Hopkins for The Two Pups. The exact same nominees as The Golden Globes.
1: Yeah. I also want to point out here, and I'm gonna—we're gonna talk more about this when we get through all of these. I, I'm gonna talk about it, whether you like it or not. Four out of five of these people, when I'm looking at the Wikipedia article, are are like linked, like they have their own Wikipedia page. Uh,
0: I, don't, I don't understand the, what page you're looking at.
1: I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for the 92nd Academy Awards. Okay. And all of the characters that. These people played.
0: Oh, the characters. Oh, okay, right. Are
1: real people? Fred, and I, Fred
0: Rogers, is, Pope Benedict. Is Cliff Booth two. a real person? No, Cliff Booth is Brad Pitt's character. And once upon a time in Hollywood, that is okay. Not a real person.
1: Okay, that's what I thought. But um, The
0: Irishman is based on a book, which is based on real events. So, so Pacino exactly. and Pesci are, pay, are playing real.
1: So. Guys. Just in terms of, like, the stories that we're, like, championing here. Like, Mm. all of these are, like, real white people. Continue.
0: It's interesting that the Pope is the only one of those who's still alive. (laughs) Pope Benedict is still alive, isn't
1: he? Well, let me click on his Wikipedia page. I can tell you in about two shakes of a lamb's tail.
0: I think he's still alive. Um,
1: Yeah, he's not dead. He is old.
0: Yeah, well, of course.
1: He is 92.
2: Hmm.
0: God's not ready for him yet. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going to predict the winner in this category is Brad Pitt. And uh, he also won the Golden Globe. Mm -hmm. So that's a factor in this prediction. Another factor is um, I did a little cognitive reframing this year about picking winners. Um, because in the past, uh, as as I've said before, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not an expert in these matters. I'm I'm a cinephile and a, an aspiring film buff, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm not super knowledgeable. And I'm learning. Mm-hmm. And in the past, when I was thinking about who would win an Oscar in any particular category, I was thinking, well, have they won before? That that makes them more likely to win again. Mm -hmm. They're good at this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I am thinking about it like, I don't know, a sports team. Yeah. Uh, They have a track record. Mm -hmm. That makes them a safer bet. What I'm learning is, even though that has paid off for me in the past, Mm -hmm. for example, last year, Mahershala Ali won Supporting Actor for Green Book. Only two years after winning Supporting Actor for Moonlight, Right. What I'm learning is that that is a a real oddity. Mm -hmm. And that in fact, I should be looking at who has won before and understanding that that is reason to believe that they probably won't win again. Mm -hmm. Because multiple wins are rare for any person. And I guess, I mean, maybe this is just people reading into it, but I've heard, you know, there's sort of a philosophy of like, well, spread the love around and yeah. like Laura Dern has done excellent work for years and years and she's never won an Oscar. So like mm-hmm. we'd better, we would better, we'd better give her one mm-hmm. as opposed to like Florence Pugh, who is like a sort of a new discovery. She's very young. Hopefully we will have decades to give her more Oscars in the future.
1: Yeah, and Zach Braff won't ruin her. I'm really upset about Zach Braff dating her.
0: <laughs> so if if any of these people hadn't won before, mm-hmm. like, say, Al Pacino or Joe Pesci, it's like, oh, my gosh, like, this is their swan song. Like, we mm-hmm. have to give them their Oscar right now before they croak. Mm-hmm. But... Al Pacino already has an Oscar. Joe Pesci already has an Oscar. Anthony Hopkins already has an Oscar. Tom Hanks already has two Oscars.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Brad Pitt has never won an Oscar for acting. Ah. So, so, uh, I think it's his time. I think a lot of people think that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, is a good movie and his performance is like a standout from it. So, uh, and I would agree. Um, we're halfway through.
1: Here we go, baby.
0: Four down, four to go. Uh we're getting into leads now. Mm-hmm. The uh nominees for the William Award for Lead Actress are Aquafina for the Farewell, Beanie Feldstein for Book hmm Lupita Nyongo for Us, mm. Florence Pugh for Midsummer, mm-hmm. And Sarah Ronan for Little Women. And, I also
1: saw Smart. Yeah.
0: yeah. good. That was from 2019. Good movie, yes. right?
1: Yes. Loved it.
0: I think uh, Beanie Feldstein is phenomenal. Um, in 2019, I also saw her in a TV show uh, called What We Do in the Shadows, um, based on a film of the same name. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not one of the stars, but she's sort of a recurring guest star on that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, And I thought uh, she is uh, excellent and very funny. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Uh, I decided just today as I was reviewing these nominees that I was going to include Saoirse Ronan Mm -hmm. Uh, in my picks. The person I erased in order to put her down was uh, Ana de Armas, uh, who is the lead in Knives Out. Mm -hmm. Also excellent. But as David Sims says uh, on Blank Check, it's tough to make the five.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, the number one, uh, the winner of the William Award uh, is uh, Lupita Nyong'o uh, yeah. for us. Absolutely. Doing, uh, doing double the work yes. uh, in, a, in a dual role in us. I predicted that the nominees in this category would be Renee Zellweger for Judy, Mm. Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. Mm hmm. Sir for Little Women. Aquafina for The Farewell. Mm mm-hmm. And Lupita Nyong'o for Us. Uh, so the actual nominees were I, I'm, I was right about Renee Zellweger, Scarlett Johansson, and Sir Sh- Um The other two are Cynthia Erivo for Harriet. Mm hmm. And uh, Charlize Theron for Bombshell, which, as I said, I was going to disregard. And Harriet is another movie that I did not see this year, and mm-hmm. um, I just uh, didn't hear very good things about it, and so I thought I could disregard it. Um, so Aquafina, as as we said before, The Farewell was totally shut out. Very sad mm-hmm. about that. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o also not uh, nominated for her work in Us, uh, also a disappointment. Yes contemplating who's going to win the oscar one thing to consider is cynthia Erivo. she's the only black person nominated in any of the performance categories spoiler alert for the one that's remaining
1: yeah yikes
0: and i i did not know this until i read it recently online but i guess if if she were to win an oscar she would EGOT. got really yeah she already has uh emmy grammy and tony
1: I don't know this person for
0: her work i guess on the color purple okay i don't really know i don't remember the details beyond that yeah um that's all i remember um so i mean that would be a really good story um however um i'm i'm not predicting that that good story is going to come to pass this year um, my prediction is that Renee Zellweger is going to win. Um, she did win a Golden Globe, which is not as meaningful as it is in the supporting categories because, as I said, the split. Yeah, drama and comedy. Um, at the Globes, Judy is in the drama category, so she won there, and in the comedy category. Uh Aquafina actually won a golden globe for That's her good. performance okay, in the I'm Farewell. That's good. I glad that
1: something happened there.
0: Yeah, which is nice. Um So, uh I haven't seen Judy, but uh I think, you know, between how beloved Judy Garland is and the sort of story of a Renee Zellweger comeback, which I think everybody loves a comeback, especially these, mm-hmm. you know, awards giving people um, even though Rosani Zellweger has an Oscar for acting already, I think it's so distant in the past. Yeah. Um, that that it it, it it'll be sort of like a, you know, welcome back, you know, sort of rechristening. Um, does, Scar- does Scarlett? Does Scarlett
1: win. have a Grammy?
0: Does Scar- an, an
1: Oscar? An Oscar? What Scar- am I saying?
0: No, Scarlett Johansson does not have an acting Oscar.
1: Do you think that she's going to, I mean, I guess you don't, but like, what, what do you, like, do you think it's?
0: Yeah. So the other thing to consider, which I've alluded to, but we haven't really talked about is um, Scarlett Johansson is nominated for two different performances in two different movies in two different categories. Mm-hmm. She's nominated for a lead in Marriage Story and supporting in Jojo Rabbit. And I say that Laura Dern is going to, beat her out in that supporting category. And I think that Renee Zellweger is going to beat her out in the lead category. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe that's not a safe bet. Maybe it would be a safer bet to bet that, you know, she's nominated twice. She's going to win for one of them.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, If it were to happen, I think it's more likely to happen in lead.
1: Okay. Yeah. I
0: would, I would be very surprised if Scarlett Johansson wins for Jojo Rabbit in supporting, mm-hmm. I would be only a little surprised if she wins for lead in in for Marriage Story.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But um, I, I'm betting on the possibility that she will lose both. Yeah. And um, one day, maybe, uh, while Scarlett Johansson's public statements have irreparably hurt my view of her, mm-hmm. I I doubt that they've hurt her chances. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people I'm not I can't be sure of anything, but I, I'm willing to bet that a lot of people who would be voting for her uh approve of what uh she's had to say and and, yeah. and agree with her <laughs> to some extent or another. Mm-hmm. Um if they are anxious to reward that kind of behavior, maybe they'll give her an Oscar. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and totally. say, hey, hey, we love you. Get out there and defend more <laughs> friggin' sex offenders. <laughs> yeah, and, fuck um, off, Scarlett. Take, take Come more on. Ro- take more roles from minorities, please and thank you. Yeah, thanks. Um, moving along, <laughs> the nominees for the William Award in Lead Actor are Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, mm-hmm. Daniel Craig As Benoit Blanc in Knives Out. Right. Yeah. Tom Holland as Mm Spider-Man in Mm Spider-Man Far From Home. Mm -hmm. Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems. Mm -hmm. And Will Smith in Gemini Man. (laughs) Speaking of. So I said, uh, you know, I called out. Lupita Nyong'o's uh, remarkable achievement playing, doing double duty, playing a dual role in mm-hmm. us. Likewise, I, I've heard. I, I mean, we've talked a lot about how much privilege I enjoy, mm-hmm. as this is straight white male, and uh, but I, yeah, I try to be an ally and I try to listen. And in listening, I have heard it said that minorities, you know, for example, black people. Have to work twice as hard as uh, white people will <laughs> in order to. So, like how Will get, Smith
1: played two different characters in the same movie,
0: <laughs> and Lupita Nyong'o did the same yes. this year.
1: Yeah, wow! What a fucking metaphor. God damn, I hate that. <laughs> I hate it because it's too real. It's too fucking real.
0: Sorry, sorry if sorry if it's not. Uh, Sorry if it's not appropriate to make light of what I'm making light of. Um but <sighs> just a, an observation that I thought would No, was I,
1: I I'm not offended by this at all, no, but yeah. I it is one of those things where I'm just like uh once you see it you can't unsee it.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly, right? It's a, just something something to observe and Mm -hmm. i i mean no mockery in in what i'm saying i'm not oh no i'm not trying to not being sarcastic about you're you're using humor to try
1: to champion this actual experience Mm
0: -hmm. um gemini man not a well-liked film uh from Uh the year 2019 i think it's pretty good (laughs) i think will smith is excellent yeah Uh, i think there's a lot of pathos in him playing himself and uh younger version of himself Mm
1: -hmm.
0: He does it well i think it looks really good i i i i wonder i wonder if i can recommend it because i saw it in the theater Mm -hmm. and you know that this is this is the difference maker in terms of whether you see it in the theater or you don't Mm -hmm. it's not just oh the screen is bigger than the screen that you have at home I saw it in 3D and high frame rate. Yes. The way that, frankly... The
1: closest I, to the way. That right, exactly. It was God not, intended.
0: Unfortunately, not, in, not projected in 120 frames per second as the film mm-hmm. was shot, but mm-hmm. still high frame rate. I understand it to be probably 60 frames per second. I think it may be only the second high frame rate movie that I've seen after the first Hobbit. Mm -hmm. And I think I've seen several 3d movies before, but I can't remember the last one. I can't remember the last movie I went to. I was like, yeah, I choose to see that one in 3d.
1: I, I, it gives me a headache. So I, I don't.
0: And it's done that for me in the past. And when I had the glasses when I saw Gemini Man. When it started, I was like, this is different. Gonna be rough. This is different. <laughs> and I don't know how I'm going to handle this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then uh, I adjusted to it. Like I'd adjusted to it within like five minutes. Oh, that's good. And I, I, I loved the experience uh-huh. of seeing it in that way.
1: Actually, I will – I do know – I can't tell you ex- the name of it, but I do know the last thing I saw in 3D and it was absolutely a like nature IMAX documentary yeah, right, at a museum because right. yeah. that – oh, yeah, that's the way to see those. But Right, right.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> that totally makes sense. Um, the other sort of special theater experience was – from this past year was I went kind of far out of my way to see Ad Astra in IMAX.
2: mm
1: mm-hmm.
0: Uh, not worth it in the same way that Gemini Man was was worth seeing in its uh, mm-hmm. 3D high frame rate. So um, who wins then, so Will? Who the, wins the, Best Actor the for winner, the William? Thank you for for uh, asking. Um, the winner of the <laughs> William Award for Lead Actor is Antonio Banderas.
1: I've never heard of this movie. I know who Antonio Banderas was yeah. clearly because I'm not – I I,
0: you know. I pretty much knew you were going to say that um pain and glory is one of my favorite movies of the year we're going to talk a little more about it um but uh it is a a, it's a film from spain oh it's a a spanish language film um prior to this i was not familiar with the work of the director whose name i'm gonna say is pedro almovo mm, almodovar yes and uh I, had not, I have not seen any of his other films, but I understand that um, he and Antonio Banderas go way back as like an actor-director partnership.
1: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. He's very fluffy white hair, by the way.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, this film is sort of semi-autobiographical for Pedro oh. Almodovar. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Antonio Banderas plays a, a filmmaker. Um, who is, uh, sort of trying to enjoy his retirement. Um, but that's not the way that, you know, outside forces, uh, want him to go. Hmm. Um, and, uh, holy cow, is it a beautiful film? (laughs) And, uh, I, I really highly recommend it. Okay. Um, the, uh, people i predicted would be the actual oscar nominees in this category were uh, robert de niro leonardo dicaprio adam driver joaquin i've forgotten to say the movies i'm blazing through these robert de niro for the irishman leonardo dicaprio for once upon a time in hollywood adam driver for marriage story it's important Mm -hmm. that i say that it's for marriage story because adam driver was in a hundred movies last year yeah yeah uh joaquin phoenix for joker And Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory. And I knew that that was kind of a long shot. Mm -hmm. Um, But it paid off. He is nominated. Um, Four out of those five are nominated. The one who's not is Robert De Niro. Yeah. Um, The nominees are Antonio Banderas, Joaquin Phoenix, Adam Driver, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. The other pope. Both the popes. Uh, got uh, a nomination and much like um, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, it's it's totally a swap of what I assumed the categories were going to be. Mm-hmm. Before I did the research to know who was in what category. Yeah. Having seen just, you know, a trailer for the two popes, I thought like, okay, well, and Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Very famous, must be lead. Jonathan mm-hmm. Price supporting. No, it's actually switched. And the same is true for Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Tom Mm -hmm. Hanks, famous as he is, is supporting. Robert De Niro um, was also snubbed by the Golden Globes. Oh. And so, uh, you know, as in, you know, not nominated. Yeah. Um, And so I knew that it was a real possibility that uh, De Niro was not going to be nominated. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I left him in anyway. um, Not out of any personal investment, not because I thought like, well, they got it. He's, I loved his performance so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. It's great, but I, I have no personal feelings that way. Um, I just thought, I just thought it was a safer bet than yeah, any of it. the alternatives. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, Jonathan price, uh, snuck in there. My prediction, as much as I would love for, Antonio Banderas to win Mm -hmm. and uh, it would also be very nice to see Adam Driver win Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
0: my prediction is that the winner is going to be Joaquin Phoenix oh okay Wow. not only did Joaquin Phoenix win uh, the Golden Globe but Joker is the most nominated movie uh, at the Oscars this year which a lot of people are upset about and a lot of people are baffled, and they don't understand it, and they don't like it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It has 11 nominations. It's it's bound to get some wins. Yeah. And I think that... here, Quick sidebar. Before, when I was saying that historically, until recently, I was not a movies guy. Mm-hmm. I, I, and books were my first love. I, I've always historically been very focused on stories Mm -hmm. like this factored in heavily into our my conversation our conversation my topic about uh, of edgar Mm right my fixation on stories and also it's part of our grammar conversation my fixation on like language as like a means to an end and it's Mm -hmm. it's communication and then i grew up and started to understand Poetry a little more and understand Mm -hmm. the value of, like, the sonic qualities of language and all those things. Likewise, movies were always just, like, conduits for stories. Right. And I was just interested in what had the best story. Mm -hmm. I was not really interested in how movies looked, how they were shot, um, what the performances were, Mm -hmm. um, all the other aspects um, that make up a film – And now um, I've started to appreciate, like, oh, okay, this movie is a a movie I appreciate primarily for its story. Mm -hmm. This movie is a movie I appreciate primarily for its lead performance or all the performances of an ensemble. This movie, I really appreciate how it's shot so beautifully. Mm -hmm. This movie, I appreciate for the music. This one, I appreciate for the lighting Mm -hmm. Uh, and the pretty colors that they put on screen. Yeah. And light people's faces with. like, Which is true in like, and like Amelie. Sure. Yes. Good, good, good example. Uh, my point here is I think that th- the headline of all of those things that you could pick out of a movie, mm-hmm. the headline of Joker is Joaquin Phoenix's lead performance. Okay. I think that if the Academy is going to put all their, you know, so many chips on Joker and be like, this mm-hmm. is our movie then they have to reward Joaquin Phoenix. That's what rises to the top of that movie. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll probably make this podcast way too long if I start to talk about why I think Joker is kind of good. Okay. Let me say two things that... Actually, let's get into director and then I'll circle back to this. My nominees for uh, the William Award for director are Bong Joon-ho for Parasite, Mm -hmm. Robert Eggers for The Lighthouse, Greta Gerwig for Little Women, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Marielle Heller for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and Lulu Wong for The Farewell. Mm Mm-hmm. And my winner is Marielle Heller for a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yeah. Um. One of the films that I failed to see last year, but I have seen since, mm-hmm. is uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me, which is another film directed by Marielle Heller. Mm-hmm. And then I saw this uh, beautiful day in the neighborhood, and um, I I just thought it did really unexpected, surprising things in a way that I was delighted by as opposed to some of these other films where I was delighted, but I was, I knew what to expect. Like it Mm -hmm. met my expectations. Mm -hmm. Like um, I had heard, you know, overwhelmingly good buzz about the farewell and parasite. Yeah. And parasite is a film where the less, you know, the better, you know, Mm -hmm. expect the unexpected, but I knew to expect the unexpected. I knew Mm -hmm. that it was going to be like a thrill ride and it delivered. Yeah. Same goes for the lighthouse. Like the trailers, you know, show you what to expect. Mm -hmm. Um, Little Women was, I I think I mentioned Little Women on last year's Oscars episode. I said what my most anticipated for 2019 were. Mm -hmm. It's one of my most anticipated. It lives up to expectations. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. I did not expect to be. what it was and to do certain things that it did, which I attribute to Mariel Heller's genius. Yeah. Uh, For example, the movie is, and this is not my uh, idea of how to frame it. It is Mm -hmm. something that Mariel Heller has said. The movie is an episode of Mr. Rogers neighborhood for adults.
1: Oh, that's incredible.
0: And it is framed as such.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and then in addition to that at the end of the movie when you think you know how it's going to end because Mm -hmm. of the framing device and you understand what the a second book end has to be because you've seen the first bookend, Mm -hmm. then it does an additional thing nice that it did not have to do but it makes it 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 improves it like a hundred percent the ending mm-hmm. is so beautiful. I can't mm-hmm. overstate it. It's, oh, I want to see it again, just talking about it.
1: You you texted me, and I, you know, I know, and I know I didn't see this movie because I felt like I couldn't handle it, but you texted me seeing Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I was like, great. And then you texted me afterwards, god damn, that was a good movie. And yeah. I was like,
2: oh, cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, 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 Yeah. Uh, c- because my expectations were like i will get to see tom hanks play mr rogers yeah and that'll be nice
2: mhm
0: and it'll probably be a pretty good movie and those that's where my expectations were and then it far exceeded them which yeah. is why i'm like m- more excited about this than even movies that i rank a little more highly than it yeah uh, okay. Uh, the, the 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 directors I predicted would be the nominees are Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Sam Mendes for 1917, Bong Joon Ho for Parasite, and Greta Gerwig for Little Women.
1: Can I just say it? Can I just say it? Please. You got all of them right except Greta Gerwig. Instead, it was Todd Phillips for Joker, and right. I. I want to talk about this, and I know it's your podcast, but I want no. to talk about this. Go for it. <laughs> I want to talk about this because you sent me your predictions ahead of time. True. Um, which I don't think you did last year. No. And I didn't look super, super closely at them because I knew we were doing this, but...
0: When, when Liz says I sent her my predictions ahead of time, I sent her a photograph of the piece of paper <laughs> where I had yes. written them down. Yes. More as a way to say, hey, look what I'm, I'm ready." Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. And so for me, I just want to say, like, partially this is not fair because nobody else had this experience except for me and possibly you. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, Greta Gerwig, who wrote a story, who who wrote a screenplay from a story about women who... Are trying to create art and trying to exist in the world and are constantly being shut down by men who Mm -hmm. think that they have, you know, a way to tell a story. And that's the way to tell the story Mm -hmm. was replaced by Joker, which Mm -hmm. is a character that is like peak fragile masculinity. And that felt like such salt in the fucking wound. Yes. That's what I have to say.
0: No, yeah, you're 100% right. You're totally right. And obviously I had to include Greta Gerwig. She deserves it. I want her there. I, I I would look like a piece of shit if I just included men in my predictions for all those reasons. And you heard who my nominees are. Yes. For the Williams. I, I knew that there was a, a very real, even likely possibility that Greta Gerwig was going to be left out, mm-hmm. and I thought to myself, "Okay, who am I leaving out? Who is going to be there instead of Greta Gerwig?" Mm-hmm. And I thought uh, it might be Taika Waititi for Jojo Rabbit. Oh right, yeah. Which would be pretty cool. I really, Fine. I really yeah. like his stuff. He's he's in fact one of my favorites.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I also thought, well. I really don't think that it should be Todd Phillips. (laughs) It would really piss a lot of people off if it was Todd Phillips. Yeah. It would be some stupid bullshit (laughs) if it was Todd Phillips. (laughs) Which I should have known right then and there. It's a sure sure thing that he was going to be nominated. (laughs) Um, Todd Phillips, if you don't know, prior to directing Joker um was the uh filmmaker behind um the hangover uh the hangover part two and um oh what's it called oh yeah the hangover part Three. Oh my god and some other films but who cares yeah we got to talk about joker and and sam mendez and bong joon ho real mm-hmm. quick sam mendez won the golden globe for director uh and so I then I knew I had to include him. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, I had no plans to include him. I really wanted to include Pedro Almodovar uh, for Pain and Glory. That was mm-hmm. going to be my like dark horse. Like I think that this is going to come out of left field and surprise people. Yeah. And then Sam Mendes won. I was like, okay, fine. Uh, I, as much as it pains me, I'll take Pedro off.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Bong Joon Ho uh, is is a phenomenon uh, right now. And before I say what my prediction is, um, uh, t- two quick things about Joker.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: First of all, here's here's what I want you to understand about Joker, if you don't already. Okay. Because the way that you were talking about it earlier and deciding not to go see it mm-hmm. was you you called it a Batman movie.
1: <laughs> well, I'm just I and just meant like it's. I'm not, just meant that, I'm like, not here it's, to in in the what i when i said it was a batman movie i meant like it's in this univor- universe yes. that is like beloved and makes money.
0: You're 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 totally right. I'm not here to correct you. I'm just i just want to recontextualize it. Yes. What's very funny, the 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 sort of why so serious ha ha a little prank that might be pulled by Joker himself, if mm-hmm. you will, is that Todd Phillips is competing against Martin Scorsese. Mm. and the joker is competing against the irishman Mm -hmm. because how i I want you to contextualize it and understand it is joker is an attempt to do a martin scorsese movie oh okay specifically there are two films which i saw this past year as research for joker and Mm -hmm. the irishman Mm -hmm. um both by martin scorsese taxi driver and the king of comedy Mm -hmm. have you seen either of these films no do you know what they're about yes so you you know taxi driver is robert de niro Mm -hmm. as travis bickle this guy in new york who like you know he can't take it anymore yeah and he and he starts you know killing people yeah more or less fun time king of comedy is a movie starring robert de niro as a mediocre stand-up comedian who becomes obsessed with getting on a late night show hosted mm-hmm. by a famous guy played by Jerry Lewis and it and it ends in him kidnapping Jerry Lewis in order to get onto his show right yeah joker is um unabashedly what if we took parts of Taxi Driver and parts of King of Comedy and made a Martin Scorsese movie, but it was about the Joker from Batman.
1: And it was directed by Todd Phillips.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so that's the that's the way that I I would like you to contextualize it. Without having to see it. That's yes. something to understand. Yes. Having seen it, real quick, I don't <laughs> don't want to get into this too much. Because it could take me forever, but uh-huh. I just I have a reading of the movie that what people hate about it so much comes from a a, a limited point of view, which I associate with liberals mm. and neoliberalism,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we we talk a lot about systems on this podcast. Absolutely, And we talk a lot about capitalism and it is hard to absorb a story
2: mm-hmm.
0: and focus on anything but the characters who are individuals.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, it is hard to see the systems which are invisible instead of just seeing the characters as mm-hmm. because we have this. American myth dictating all of our perceptions Mm -hmm. that like there is the individual and there is picking yourself up by your bootstraps and there is like the glorification of the self Mm -hmm. Um, and you're responsible for what you do and what happens to you. And actually, you know, and it's harder to understand and harder to internalize that like what they, what they what they don't want mm-hmm. you to know and think is that it you're being controlled mm-hmm. by the invisible hand
2: mm-hmm. of the
0: market. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we need, I think, right now are stories about those systems. Yes. And Parasite is one of those movies.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And para- that's one of the reasons Parasite is excellent. Joker just got... Framed in this narrative of people saw Joker for what he is a a a straight white man, mm-hmm. and they just saw okay i i know I know what it means when a white man gets violent, it's entitlement that is undeserved, mm-hmm. and it's like these you know incels and, and alt-right people that we have in the real world
2: mm-hmm.
0: who are uh very dangerous
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that must be what joker is about. Joker is a movie about this guy, uh Arthur Fleck, I think is his name, mm-hmm. who is very poor and he lives with his aging, ailing mother, mm-hmm. and he loves her very much and he's trying to support her. But they're very poor. Mm -hmm. And he works as a clown for hire Mm -hmm. and just makes a little bit of money to, like, scrape by. Mm -hmm. And then he learns by reading a letter that his mother wrote that she believes that Thomas Wayne, the richest man in Gotham, is his father. Mm-hmm. And he tries to get what belongs to him as the son of Thomas Wayne, and he learns that his mother is insane, and she's mm-hmm. so, and the story is she's she's wrong.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And Thomas Wayne never had an affair and they never had a child. And my reading of the story of of the movie is that you never learn which one is true mm. and and that's life baby <laughs> like that that is that is in a way that I don't think that I have seen in a movie before mm-hmm. an encapsulation of this growing fear in me that i I I don't know what's real and I never will. Yeah. Because the people who are in power are so powerful. Yes. That they control the narrative of my life. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, if there were like a secret, like, you know, so-and-so is a philanderer and he had a loved child and that's your father, like, they could bury that so deeply that you would never know if it was true or not.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I just, I just saw, I just saw a movie about a, a person who was suffering under the same iron fist that I'm yeah. suffering under yeah. <laughs> just to a different extent. Yeah. <laughs> um, Not to say that it's Oscar worthy. I don't think it is. I just yeah. think that it's pretty good. Yeah. Does, yeah, it, yeah. does Todd Phillips deserve to be directed for uh, nominated for director? No. Does Joker <laughs> deserve to be, Nominated for Best Picture? No. Does it deserve to be the most nominated movie of the year? No. Yeah. It's just, I think it's pretty good and interesting and better than a lot of people are saying.
1: Yes. That's fair.
0: We got one category left.
1: Here we go, baby.
0: It's Best Picture. As we know, there can be up to 10 nominees in Best Picture.
1: How many did you guess?
0: I guessed that there would be nine and I was right. Okay. okay. But in the William Awards, there are 10 nominees. Ooh, baby. And they are my top 10 films of the year. Mm -hmm. And they are in alphabetical order. Mm -hmm. And if you want to know how I've actually ranked them, check the show notes and go to my letterboxed. Mm -hmm. My top 10 films and the nominees for the William Award for Best Picture for 2019 in in alphabetical order are A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Atlantics, which you probably haven't heard of, but you can watch on Netflix and I recommend it. Mm-hmm. The Farewell, The Lighthouse, Little Women, Midsummer, Pain and Glory, Parasite, Uncut Gems, and Us. Mm-hmm. And the winner is The Farewell. The Farewell is my favorite yeah. movie of the year. That's my number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to know how ten two through ten shake out and then what comes after that, at this point in time, it's it would be 11 through 54. Mm-hmm. I've got a list for that uh, on Letterboxd. Um, I predicted that there would be nine nominees. And in the past, last year, I think I called the number of nominees like a meta prediction.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Which t- this year I realized like I, that is a prediction. I'm counting it as one of the predictions that I'm making. How many there will be. Because mm-hmm. it could be um, 10 or it could be 8 or something else. And then I also realized like, oh, i I sort of need to rank these because if I say it's going to be these nine, and then there are only eight, mm-hmm. I need to determine which one I would leave out if I were only picking eight, because if mm-hmm. there if I pick nine and then there are eight nominees, I shouldn't get credit for that ninth one, yeah, because I should be predicting that that's the least likely. Yeah. So that's what I did here. So so I wrote in order, one, The Irishman, two, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, three, Little Women, four, Marriage Story, five, Parasite, six, 1917, pause here, 1917, it won Best Drama at the Golden Globes. Even before the Globes, I had a moment where I was making these lists. I thought I knew what they were. And then I was reflecting and I asked a new question that I had never asked before, Mm -hmm. which is even with all the movie watching that I've done over the year, what are the chances that every Best Picture nominee is going to be a movie that I've seen? Mm. And that was when I realized I had to leave out something that I had seen and and it had to be a beautiful day in the neighborhood. I had put mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood here. I realized, okay, I think that's actually going to get snubbed pretty badly. Mm-hmm. I have to make room for something that I've never seen. I decided it would probably be 1917. And then the Golden Globes like totally confirmed that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Number seven, Joker. Number eight, The Farewell. And number nine, Pain and Glory.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, that's my dark horse that I thought would be in there. I I was right to rank these as I did. Mm-hmm. I knew that farewell was kind of a long shot and pain and glory was a total dark horse.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I knew that by stopping here at nine and including those, I was leaving off Jojo rabbit. Mm-hmm. And I knew that that was probably not smart and that that would probably be nominated here, but I did it anyway. I was just mm-hmm. like, maybe you, you got to
1: make a choice at some point. You know, you
0: got to I got to make room for things that I want to happen. And I got to make room for the possibility that like, something that everyone is saying is going to happen won't happen because otherwise yeah. there would be no disappointments. Mm-hmm. So that okay, maybe I'll leave off Jojo Rabbit. Um, so uh, no, The Farewell and Pain and Glory were not nominated. Instead, the other two nominees that I did not predict were Jojo Rabbit and Ford versus Ferrari, which is like, what the heck is that doing there? Mm-hmm. Um, that's ridiculous that that's yeah, in there completely and The Farewell ridiculous. is not. My prediction.
1: But hey, bunch of white dudes. I haven't heard a story about them before, so
0: Right. Yes. Those those famous whites, Ford and Ferrari. Um it's, and uh speaking of whites, um, my prediction, and I reserve the right to decide differently before Oscar's time comes, but mm. I think I'm probably gonna stick with this and everything that I've said so far. And right now, my prediction is that the winner for Best Picture is going to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. Because, as I said before, when we were talking about it in the context of original screenplay, it's got Hollywood in the title. It's an old Hollywood story. Mm -hmm. And they eat it up. Like, for example, previous Best best Picture winners are, uh, from, you know, recent years, um, The Artist and uh, Argo. Mm -hmm. um movies that you know might be otherwise kind of forgotten but they're they're uh showbiz uh they're 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 stories that put showbiz in a in a positive light right um i assume the artist is that way i've never seen it but Mm -hmm. um uh the, the once upon a time in hollywood i mean it's oh i never said what my prediction for best director was sorry
1: Oh, yeah. Who do you think is going to win for Best Director?
0: I don't think it's going to be Tarantino. I I think Once Upon a Time Hollywood may clinch Best Picture, but Tarantino seems like such a divisive figure. He's yeah. so not political. He's kind of gross. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's probably got some enemies. Um, despite that, I think it may win Best Picture, and also despite the fact that like it's got that Tarantino violence in it. But it's It's not a lot, and it's not throughout the whole movie. It's basically yeah. just a big catharsis in the end mm-hmm. um so I think it's got the edge over like the i the, I've said before the questions I ask about the best picture nominees are like what seems the most like woke, the most mm-hmm. like liberal like it fits in with liberal values, like spotlight um and also uh which one is a a love letter to cinema and that is the mm-hmm. the lesson that i learned from the shape of water was mm-hmm. was the the shape of water while it's not about hollywood or show business it, it, i i see it as it won because it's a love letter to cinema mm-hmm. i think that takes precedence over everything else i think once upon a time in hollywood is absolutely a love letter to cinema as most if not all of tarantino's works are but this one is much more overtly so yeah um and as for like what is the most like liberal like none of these movies really fit that bill you know there's nothing there's no like issue movie that i see in any Mm -hmm. of these like the closest thing is like what you said about little women and how it takes the time to have a scene where you know, Joe and Amy talk about like how important are these stories, and are, will they be important because they're told? And like that's that's. Well, I don't think
1: it's I mean, a scene. I mean, this is okay. So this is something we're knowing the well, material. I'm thinking be of that one specific you, scene, but, but yeah, yeah. I think I think Little Women. If you're looking at like, if we're looking at these movies, and I mean, this is where it's like, you know, we're looking at liberal Hollywood, which is still incredibly overcome with the patriarchy. Yes. Um like, so, okay, so to talk a little bit more about little women, so um, Louisa may Alcott, um never married, and there's been some speculation that in the book, she never really wanted Joe to get married, yes, Joe getting married at the end at the end of the book is like kind of out of left field, and yes. also, in the book, the person she married is like way fucking older than she is, right. and it's like, oh, um. And so, in the in the movie, I mean, spoiler for Little Women, which seems weird to say, but um, in the movie, you know, basically we get two endings. We get the ending from the book, interspliced with Jo selling her manuscript right. and conceding that okay, she's going to tell her story, but she'll make an edit to the end that is that the protagonist gets married and. Yeah it's not, it's not just like that book is in and of itself. Like I see why people would be obsessed with it for so long, which is that like it's showing these women living their lives the best that they can. And yeah, it's got some weird like purity stuff going on. Like that whenever, um, um, uh, Meg's getting married, she's like, I'll just be a simple bride with nothing but a crown of flowers upon my, Oh God. Like who cares? And, Mm. um, you know, and there's like, but even, but even in that book, even in that book, which is from so long ago, there is a scene where, which is not in the movie, unfortunately, where Meg's husband um learns to comfort his child who's crying at night and put him to bed so that his wife doesn't have to, mm-hmm. which is something that doesn't happen now.
2: hmm
1: And, um... And so, yeah, I think that that part of the triumph of that movie is it is it basically, I want to say fixes the book. Yeah, yeah. And um, does it deftly and does it in a way that really respects Louisa May Alcott.
0: Yes, deftly, absolutely. Yeah, I was reading a, a, a write up. I guess we'll have. To, I'll have to put this in the show notes now mm-hmm. that I'm invoking it. A, a, a write up about the ending of Greta Gerwig's Little Women. And do you know how it is re- referred to in the script? How that no. how that interchanging between, you know, no. selling the menus. So the whole thing, it has this kind of, you know, flipping between past and present. And the past is much more sunny and the present is much more blue. Mm-hmm. And then... um the movie kind of catches up to the present moment so that there's no more past to flash back to.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you get that new sort of going in between where it's mm-hmm. the, 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 the new, uh, you know, farthest forward moment is the manuscript selling. Mm-hmm. And in the, in Greta Gerwig's screenplay, it says of the scene where she, the scenes where she's going to the train station and, mm-hmm. and, you know, getting engaged or whatever it says like the the present has now become the past or is it fiction
1: yes yeah
0: um (laughs) because um there is it is uh brilliant in its ambiguity of like yeah you can you could take it at at face value of like okay everything that we see is stuff that really happened to joe Yeah. Or you can understand that, like, once you see her back in that guy's office, Mm -hmm. then anything else that they cut to is from her book. Yeah. And it might have never happened to her. And it's just the ending that they put on it.
1: Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. And it's sort of, of,
0: I love it for a lot of reasons, but in particular because it, it feels like you don't have to pick one interpretation.
1: It feels like you can pick the one that feels, like, best to you at the time.
0: Yeah, it feels Dude. like it's sort of both simultaneously. Yeah. You know, like, like yeah. they should be mutually exclusive, but they don't contradict one another in, and like, a meaningful way.
1: There's a line in the movie that's not in the book where she's, you know, Joe feels like she's lost all of her sisters. Mm-hmm. And, because um, Beth has died and Meg is married. And I forget if she knows about Amy yet. And she's talking to Marmee, T- talking to Marmy. She's mm-hmm. talking to Marmy, and she's like, I want, to- I believe that women can do all of this and I don't want to be like married just to be married, but I'm so lonely. And I remember like being like, oh, but you can have both. But I understand why it feels like you can't because like, then Amy has that whole amazing speech where she's like, you know, I'm doing this because this is what I have to do to take care of my family. Like, I'm going to marry Fred Vaughn to because I have to take care of my family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like these – when I say that these women are trying to, like, make art and live in the life, like, they're also strategizing literally for the people that they love and trying to figure out the least painful way to make it through. And Joe is so headstrong that she is – and in the best way, she is, like – Basically, at the end, like, I was willing to give up all of this, like, love and romance and stuff. But mm-hmm. I still am lacking. Like, yeah. I still I still don't get it all. Yeah. Oh, my God.
0: I'm, I'm really glad we did this deep dive into Little Women. and I'm glad we did it in stages. And I'm glad you parsed it out that way. Um, we got into that just because I was saying, uh, well, not just because, but partially because I was saying there's no standout, like, issue movie yeah. in these best picture nominees. So Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is my pick. And then backtracking to director. I, yes. I'm going to say, uh, I one, I refuse to believe that Todd Phillips will win. Yes. Two, I doubt Quentin Tarantino will win for the reasons I already stated. Yes. Three, Martin Scorsese. Uh, he won once already for uh, The Departed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that the Irishman has that great of buzz around it um Mm -hmm. sam mendez won the golden globe so he is a serious contender however i haven't seen 1917 um i don't want to believe that it's going to be a huge winner Mm -hmm. of the night and also sam mendez also already has an oscar for directing that just leaves bong joon ho
1: and that would be a great way since that movie was so beloved for that. If we're talking about like looking at the the field and knowing that sometimes people like sort of pick the thing where they're like, this is where they're going to get, get it.
0: Like, and, and, and Bong Joon-ho, not only do well, I mean, I follow certain people on Twitter. And so he's always in my Twitter feed, but that's like just certain people. But in addition to that, like Bong Joon-ho was like on The Tonight Show with Jimmy yeah. Fallon, like with his translator. <laughs> and there's it's like, People online, like, love his translator and, like, they're mm-hmm. showing appreciation for her work. Like, I think, he, you know, he's still far from being a household name, but, like, I feel like he's on this track where, like, I'm going to say something that might be crazy, but he he's my pick to win. I, yeah. I actually predict that Bong Joon-ho is going to win Best Director. And I hope, I really, really hope that it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like he's being set up for success.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so that covers it.
1: I know that we're like so long right now, and I just talked a lot about Little Women. I wanna, I'm gonna send you the link to this Vanity Fair article for the thing when I w- when I mentioned um, the stories that we're telling and stuff like that, and how Little Women got left out of best, Greta Gerwig got left out of best director. Um, I I read this article and. Um, It was talking about Joker and its 11 nominations and stuff like that. And it has this line, which has really stuck with me, which is three of the four most nominated movies, The Irishman, Joker, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, are stories about white men who feel culturally imperiled. The fourth, 1917, is about white men who are literally imperiled. Yeah. And... Um, it's it goes on to say it is no accident that these movies have arrived at this particular cultural moment. And while academy voters don't necessarily need to have to eat whatever the industry is feeding them, they usually don't look too far afield for alternatives. And this year, what the industry was not feeding them was Black Panther or Black Klansmen. And um I, I think it's there's an there's an interesting it's an interesting article. I think it's worth reading, but I just I can't I can't help thinking about how in my mind, again, only in mind, Little Women was replaced with Joker for director and that it's these narratives about white men who feel culturally or literally imperiled.
0: Yeah. And I just, I, I should go to hell for taking the position of like, I need to defend Joker in this situation. No,
1: no, I think you're not defending it. You're just saying like, it's not that bad, but it's also,
0: but, but specific, I want to say specifically in reaction to what you, you just put out. Mm. I feel like that assertion and that reading is really overlooking the extent to which being poor like impoverished uh is uh hazardous to your health mm-hmm. and might mean that you die <laughs> for example of uh uh you know uh, uh, unnatural causes of uh, that your that your death will be premature mm-hmm. that your 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 you know suffering will be extreme and uh unnecessary mm-hmm. um i I don't I don't think that a person in that character's position uh, is merely uh, cultural feels culturally imperiled. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that is the popular narrative about uh, the film. And I think that it comes out of that neoliberal mindset that I was talking about that sort of neglects uh, or underestimates. Mm-hmm. uh certain disadvantages uh that uh but uh but 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 uh once again and as always in my position of ultimate privilege mm-hmm. what the hell do i know and i am talking <laughs> out of my ass <laughs> any other final words before no, i
1: wrap up? i mean i guess i guess the only thing i will say is that like um I was. N- I've never been a person that's been drawn to the Little Women era of literature and storytelling, and even reading Little Women was painful for me. Um, mm-hmm. I will also link to a um, in the show notes my my thread about me reading it for the first time, where mm-hmm. anytime something interesting happened, I tweeted about it. Yes, you, and you can you sort of see my reactions. On yeah. So to see, so so that said, to then see the movie and i knew i was going to like it based on other people who i respect who had seen it um and of course i saw it later than they did um to see that movie and have the reaction i did to it is 100% because of greta Ger- gerwig, yes. gerwig and of course the the acting as well but it is um you know largely because of greta gerwig and mm-hmm. i did not think i would feel the se- the dread that mm-hmm. i felt when she was not when she was not, when she was snubbed for director and I yeah. felt just a, a blanket of dread. <laughs> it's a betrayal.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, it's, it's a feeling of betrayal like I, that I relate to. So in summation, I made 45 predictions. Yes. And 31 and a half of them were correct. Amazing. So uh as you might have uh uh picked up on already, that I, I did not meet my goal of having any clean sweeps. I was not a hundred percent right about any of these You categories. would
1: have a fucking Grottokarwick.
0: Yes, that's true. <laughs> or de, or De Niro or Song Kang Ho. Yeah. Uh or judy and adapted screenplay those are the ones where i got four out of five mm-hmm. the, the category where i did worst was supporting actress where i had two and a half out of five correct um and uh i maintain my record of having no complete shutouts in any single mm-hmm. category that's nice um f- and uh 31 and a half out of 45 by my calculations comes out to 70 percent
1: congratulations it's a new I'm, record i'm very proud of you that Thank is you. very good i know that it's like when you look at it and say 70 percent, and if we're in school we would have been like but yeah. i think 70 percent in this shit show is no. incredible
0: no i'm very pleased about it um it's in a really interesting uh excellent year for film and uh kind of sort of sometimes okay year for Oscars and Mm -hmm. hopefully seeing who wins will make it better, not worse uh, after knowing who's nominated. Um, And uh, I guess the last question that remains is, will I do it again uh, in 2020? And the answer is uh, to be determined. I'm not, I'm not super dedicated to like, I need to do this again. Mm -hmm. Um, I need to come around to hopefully falling in love with the idea of doing it again. But right now, my priorities are I'm in the at least the beginning of 2020. I'm going to kind of pivot to video games a little bit more than movies mm-hmm. and spend more of my free time catching up on video games rather than watching movies, which, by the way, I think including the ones that I watched at home, the ones that are not from 2019. Mm-hmm. I think I watched 150 movies in 2019. Incredible. Yeah. So um, I might slow down on that a little bit. And we'll see later in 2020 whether I do this particular exercise again. Mm-hmm. But um, that concludes the episode and the season.
1: Yeah. And happy third season, Will. I mean, I also want to say
0: Happy anniversary. We, this
1: is 32 episodes? Yes. 32 episodes in 52 weeks is incredible. I don't think I realized it was that many.
0: And that's not counting two mailbag uh specials, so right. 34 episodes. Um
1: I feel like we took way more time off than that, but I guess we didn't.
0: Yeah. It all depends on on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. Um so I first of all, uh gosh, thank you all so much. I want to thank you, Liz, mm-hmm. my co-host. I couldn't do it without you. Uh, I want to thank my parents, uh, mom and dad. uh, Thank you for being the main two listeners. Um, I want to thank my friends. I think uh, think our
1: devotee of the pod might have contention with that. Sarah,
0: I want to thank Sarah next. And I want to thank Dana (laughs) and Kim. Um, I want to thank uh, the rest of our listeners, uh, a couple of Liz's friends, I guess. Um, I want to thank uh, all of my friends and family who have supported me um, so much over the years. I want to thank... uh, Paul F. Tompkins, Scott Aukerman, uh, Griffin Newman, <laughs> David Sims, uh, and all of the uh, white men who uh, inspired me to be a better podcaster. Um, <laughs> this music is not loud enough. I want to <laughs> I I thank uh, Elliot. Uh, go to bed, Elliot.
1: <laughs> Kenny.
0: I, I want to thank Kenny. Uh, for letting Liz record whenever uh, uh, we're both available.
1: My brother who also listens to every episode. I wanna to thank the Mike for being a guest this birth. season.
0: I wanna thank Blake for being a guest last season. Uh okay, that's end end of bit end end of episode. <laughs> Love you Liz. See
1: you next season, Will. Actually, I'll see you at AWP.
0: Yeah, see you then. Bye.
1: Bye. Will is on Twitter and letterboxed at youngest of one and his website is williamhoffacker.com.
0: You can find Liz at exclamate on Instagram at exclamate underscore on Twitter or on her website, elizabethdeannamorrislakes.com. Our website is smugbuds.com and the podcast is at smugbuds on Twitter and Instagram.